morning to everybody. Great to see everybody today. What a blessing to be able to be here today together to worship God, study his word, and to be in fellowship with each other. And it's really important when we come together, we strengthen one another. And so we get strengthened. We also strengthen one another by encouraging one another, by being here together, showing, demonstrating our faith by worshiping God. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. Just kind of a, an analysis of what those three verses say, how important it is, how blessed we are to come together to worship God each, day, each, each Sunday. And uh, we're thankful for our visitors who are here today. We are blessed with visitors on a regular basis. If you're visiting with us, we appreciate you. You're a blessing to us. We pray that your time here will be a blessing to you. And if you have any questions of anything that you hear us say or see us do, please ask, because we keep saying we simply want to be the church that we all read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. We, uh, today is a special day as far as the contribution is concerned. And so as you contribute, as you're passing out through the doors at the end of service today, uh, remember that everything over our regular contribution will be sent by a brother in Christ, uh, Adam Dolan, to some of the congregations in Poland to help the fleeing re Ukrainian refugees, and especially those who are members of the Lord's Church. And so a great need over there. We've already sent several thousand dollars by way of of other messengers, but uh, brother, brother Adam, we know him. He's, we've helped support him on various mission trips, and uh, he's going to be going over there very soon and working with the Churches of Christ in the Poland area and helping them to be able to help Ukrainian refugees. So if you can give a little bit extra, that's great today. And we want to glorify God in this way as well as we always do. Remember Joanne Lawrence, former member of the congregation here before they moved away to southern Missouri. She'll be having extensive back surgery tomorrow. And also, Mary Bataluco is going to be having a heart procedure this week. Please keep them all in your prayers. We've been looking at the whole concept and principle of faith as it is taught in the scriptures. Again, I've said when we got into this, this is going to be a, a very detailed and lengthy kind of study. And so we're already in the sixth week of this particular study. We're talking about faith. Faith is something that we all say, we, we use the term at least, and we think we know what it means, but I'm afraid a whole lot of people, their understanding of faith is rather shallow and surface level, and probably in some ways when they use the term, it's not really used appropriately. And that's not putting anybody down, it's just that we haven't done enough study, so many people, as, as, as into this particular understanding of faith. And we really need to understand what faith is because it is central to our belief in God, belief in Jesus, and ultimately to our hope and promise of eternal life if we come to God through Christ, repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in him openly, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of our sins. And all of that is based upon faith. I used to do Bible studies with people on a regular basis and I would use a three-lesson approach, and, and there would be what was called a worksheet, and in that worksheet was a picture of a ladder going up to heaven. And the idea, the visual imagery was 
you keep every, every rung of the ladder had a scripture reference as to something that we need to understand and how we need to grow uh, in our spiritual lives in order to ultimately be sure that we are going to reach that home in heaven that God promises us if we'll walk with him in faithfulness. But the very bottom of the ladder, the foundation, before you ever took the first step up the first rung was our faith because faith is foundational. But because of faith, then we start building, we start growing, we start understanding and applying properly. Well, we've talked about my faith, my faith. My faith is personal in that it is my personal belief in God and in Christ, and it is made evident by my obedience to their teachings and my consistent dedication to them in the way that I live my daily life. That's my faith. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul said that it is by that faith that I can be justified. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By faith. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, he wrote that it is through faith that I come to salvation in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved, that's God's part, the saving part. By grace you have been saved through faith. The faith is my part. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. In 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 24, it is by faith that I stand in my spiritual life, in my faithfulness, in my Christianity before God and before Christ. Now again, as we've emphasized, and anybody who listens to the radio program, uh, search the scriptures and Monday through Friday, or they listen to the today's Bible class that I podcast seven days a week, short little study, podcast every day, I keep emphasizing now, it may sound redundant to somebody who keeps hearing it over and over again, but there are a whole lot of people out there who don't understand where faith comes from. They think it just kind of happens to them or maybe falls on them or God bestows it upon them. Well, if he bestows it upon some, then why doesn't he bestow it upon others? Because there are a whole lot of people who don't have faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. My getting into God's word is central to my developing my faith. That's how my faith develops within me, my personal faith. The Apostle Paul wrote about his transition in life. He had been an enemy of Christ. He had been an enemy of the church, hunted down and persecuted Christians for some period of time until the Lord confronted him directly on the road to Damascus, he was on another one of those hunting trips that, that very occasion, and then he was faced with the fact that I've been persecuting my Savior. Now, he had to learn the truth. He wasn't saved on the road to Damascus. Jesus told him, go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And then Jesus sent a Christian man to go teach him, Ananias. And Paul after he had become a Christian and then become a, a divinely appointed apostle of Jesus Christ, he wrote in Galatians 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but 
it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He came to understand. He was living his life in Christ by faith in Christ. That was his faith. And that, that very description ought to be us as well today. My faith is key to my salvation. That's where it begins. And then also, since that is so crucial and it is so central to my salvation, then to make sure that my faith is what it should be, I need to have a reasonable understanding as to what faith is as taught in the scriptures, what it really is as it develops within me. Because again, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So I need to have a reasonably accurate understanding of the faith. And that's what we want to talk about today. The faith. Well, there's my personal faith, and then there is the faith, which is none other than the word of God. Or we can boil it down and say the gospel of Christ. Well, the faith. The faith is the gospel of Christ. My understanding of God's word, his teachings, his guidance for how he wants me to live my life before him in faithfulness. We'll talk about that next time. But that's, that's key for me. His word is the faith, and that is that body of information upon which my faith is based. Look at these two texts of scripture. John chapter 2, beginning with verse 30, and reading through verse 31. John the apostle, as he was closing out his gospel account of Christ, he said, truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. He goes on and says, but these are written, why? Why were these particular ones written down? These are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you can have life in his name. And then in 1 John chapter 5, same apostle, same inspired writer, writing God's word by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, he says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now look at the construction of those two texts of Scripture. He's talking about believing in Christ. That's my personal faith. How do I come to that personal faith? He says, these things I have written to you. These are written that you may believe or have faith. Personal faith, that you may know, that's my personal faith, that you may continue to believe, that's my ongoing faith, my continued believing in Christ and in God. And all of that, my faith, is tied inseparably to the gospel message these things I have written to you. These things I have been written that you may believe. God's word. God's word is the faith. 
that body of knowledge, of teaching, through which, as I come to study it, learn it, understand it, and start to make the proper applications to my personal life, that's how my faith develops. Through the faith. Really effective, really effective combination that is consistently laid out in the scriptures. When Jesus, after his death on the cross, his entombment, his resurrection from the grave, and then presenting himself for a period of 40 days, risen before hundreds and hundreds of witnesses, he's ready to ascend back to heaven. He has the apostles with him. And before he ascends back to heaven through the clouds, as it's described in Acts chapter 1, in Mark chapter 16, beginning with verse 15, he told the apostles, he gave them what we call the Great Commission. He says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature or to all creation, to all of humanity, in other words. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Now, how do the people come to salvation? Through faith in Christ? First, they have to be taught the gospel. That is the faith. That body of knowledge upon which then my faith develops. Teach them the gospel. He who believes, who develops his faith and is baptized in real faith, saving faith is obedient faith, shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1 in verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. That's my personal faith. But how does my personal faith come? The gospel of Christ. Those who come to understand, who learn it, who understand it and begin to put it into practice in their life. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God into salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. God's word holds his power to our salvation. It teaches us how to come to salvation through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But I need to learn that before I can obey that, before I can have that faith develop within me. My faith has to be based upon the faith, the teachings of God's word. The gospel guides us to salvation. It guides to salvation all who believe and consistently hold fast the teachings of God's word. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning with verse 1, the apostle Paul wrote, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and notice, in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. My faith has to be put into action, and that I have to learn how God wants me to put my faith into action through the faith, his word. That teaches me, that guides me. We're called to salvation by the gospel. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning with verse 13, Paul wrote, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, 
brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation. Chose you for salvation? Now that's not a capricious act on God's part. He's not a capricious God. He doesn't choose some for salvation and others for condemnation. Notice how Paul lays it out. He chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. My developing my faith in the truth of God's word, the faith, to which he called you by our gospel. And again, two points of emphasis on the faith in that one text of scripture. So because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth, my faith, to which he called you by our gospel, the faith, the faith, that body of teaching that we call the gospel of Christ that teaches us how to come to God through Christ for salvation, for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. How blessed we are to have God's word. If we go back to the first chapter of 2 Thessalonians, beginning with verse 8, we read about the final day of judgment, when God is going to send the Lord again to call all mankind to give account of our lives before him and ultimately to usher us into the gate, through the gates of heaven, those who have been faithful. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, now there's my faith again, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, there's my obedience faith, my faith put into action through obedience. But again, upon what is that based? The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Cut off from God and his glory and his power for all of eternity. God has given us his word to guide us to faith personally and to guide us to be faithful, and that's living my life by the faith, the teachings of God's word on a consistent basis. Now, clearly, when we look at this and we come to understand the meanings of the terms and the phrase, first faith, my faith, and the faith, God's word guiding us to my personal faith, the faith is a body of knowledge that is taught and learned. Again, faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 7, we see this put to, to practice by the apostles in Jerusalem as they were teaching the gospel. The word of God spread, it says. The word of God spread, the faith. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith, the teachings of God's word, the teachings of Christianity, the faith. Now, just as clearly, when we think about the faith, we understand more and more clearly as we study the matter that it is the gospel and nothing other than God's word, the gospel of Christ that was preached by Paul. In Galatians chapter 1, in verse 11, Paul wrote, 
I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel was preached by me, not, that, that was preached by me, is not according to man. We go a little bit further, verse 23, and he talks about how people who had known about him before he became a Christian, being an enemy of the church, he says, they were hearing only, he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith, which was once, which once he tried to destroy. He's preaching the faith, the word of God, the gospel of Christ, the gospel which was preached by me, the gospel, the faith, used interchangeably there. The obedience to the faith, we read in Romans chapter 1 and verse 15. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. God's word, the teachings of God's word that he gave us to guide us in his will and ultimately through his will to, to eternal life with him in heaven, through forgiveness and redemption and salvation through Christ. The faith, the faith. We look in chapter 16 of Romans and verse 26. But now has been made manifest or made clear, brought to light, and by the, not, and by the prophetic scriptures has been known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. There are a whole lot of people who think all I got to do is just believe. But remember that James in James chapter 2 said, the demons believe and tremble. But they're still the demons. They're not in a state of salvation. A whole lot of people I've heard tell me personally, voice it out loud, oh, I believe in Jesus, I believe in God. But they're living sinful lives. They're not living by the faith or through faithfulness. Notice the parallel as to defending the truth in these two verses of scripture. Both of them talk about defending the truth, but notice the parallel here. Philippians 1 and verse 17, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. So Paul says, I am appointed as a gospel preacher, teacher, as a divinely appointed apostle, I have been appointed for the defense of the gospel. But now look at what Jude writes in Jude chapter 1 and verse 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I thought it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. Now think about that. Paul says, I'm defending, I've been appointed to the defense of the gospel. Jude says, I'm exhorting you, I'm, I'm instructing you, I'm encouraging you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. The gospel, the faith, parallel in their application, both of them talking about defending the truth of God's word. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, Paul wrote, if indeed you continue in the faith. He's not saying just continue in your personal faith. He says continue in the faith. If I really have what 
my personal faith is supposed to be, I'm going to continue in the faith. I'm going to live by the teachings of God's word. I'm going to put my faith into practice, into motion, through living by, conforming my life to God's teachings. We can call that obedience, kind of boiling it down. So he says, if you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now, do you see the two terms there again? The two phrases, continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not just difference in, in verbiage there, but exactly the same message and instruction, are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to you. The faith, the gospel, both of those used interchangeably in that particular text of scripture. And then we see it again in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, Paul wrote, to this church in Philippi. So that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you may stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for Look at this, the two phrases put together, and that's absolutely appropriate because they blend together. For the faith of the gospel. Striving together for the faith of the gospel. The gospel guides us to the faith. It is the faith. And from that teaching, that body of instruction, I come to understand what my faith should be. It develops within me and I learn more and more as I study further and further what my faith should be and how it should be put into action and applied on a daily basis to my life, my personal life. As a person reads of the faith, and it is a recurring theme that is used at least 18 more times in New Testament scriptures. Now, I, we've already read a number of those, but at least 18 more times we see that phrase, the faith. We need to understand the significance of that phrase, the faith, that description of faith, the faith. As we read that, and it is used again repeatedly throughout the New Testament scriptures, there's no question but that the faith is none other than the word of God. All of the teachings about Christ and of Christ. That is the faith. The teachings of the faith guide me to develop my faith. My faith. Now, I need to understand that. Because again, faith is foundational, my faith, to my salvation, to my eternal home in heaven. But for, my to, for me to understand what my faith is supposed to be, I need to get into the faith, the teachings of God's word, because that instructs me as to how my faith should develop, how my faith should be put into action how I should live my faith. What did Paul say again? 
I've been crucified with Christ. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. And here's where a lot of people miss it. My faith cannot be a part of my life. Like my recreational pursuits, my job, my family life, and you have a whole list of other compartmentalized applications of parts of my life. That cannot be the application of my faith. Paul is saying, my faith is my life. My faith is my life. I need to know what the faith says so that my faith can be proper and appropriate before God so that it can be my life in the fullness that God intended it for it to be. My faith, my personal belief, including obedience, my faith put into action, the faith is that which I believe and upon which my faith is based. The teachings of God's word, the gospel. In order for my faith to be true faith, in order for your faith to be true faith, it must be based upon and be obedient to and consistent with the faith, the teachings of God's word. So the question for each of us today and always as we self-reflect on a continuing basis about our spiritual lives. Is your faith, is your faith in keeping with the faith as taught in God's word? Is your faith what it should be? Or do you need to make some adjustments to your faith to be what faith is really supposed to be? We'd love to study with you if you'll just ask us, talk with us, pray with you help you along this line. We're here. We want to help. We want to help people get to heaven, as many as we can. We want to serve God in that way. If you are, need the prayers of the church, you only need to step forward and let us know for whatever the need might be, or speak with us privately. If anyone is ready to put your faith into action by repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ openly, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins, then we're here to help you with that this very moment. If you, want to, if you need to study some more about that, again, all you need to do is ask us. We want to help. If you need to come, won't you come right now as we stand together and sing?